I'm Kyle Bushland, and you're listening to NIS Voices, where we bring you inspiring stories about learning, community, news, and more from Nanjing International School. I'm here with special guest, Miss Alice Keeler, who is a mom of five, teacher, developer for Schoolytics, Google Certified Innovator, Google Developer Expert, Microsoft Innovative Educator, keynote speaker, professional development workshop leader, consultant, blogger, and author. Thank you for having me. I had my 14th add-on approved yesterday and any second now, my 15th one. So it's been a good week for me. We also have returning guest, Dr. Shannon Doak here with us today, IT director at NIS. Thank you for having us. At NIS, we offer design as part of our curriculum, and we have design labs for all students in our primary and secondary school. Students learn design thinking and other aspects of design. One of these aspects is coding, and all of our students gained some experience with basic coding. Could you outline your own journey to becoming an app developer for us? Oh, wow, that's such an interesting question. Yeah, so I am totally self-taught, so about... See, my son's turning 10, so... Um, nine years ago, I just took a code academy, like I just did it like for a week, just learning a little bit of JavaScript. And then I, I was about to get on a plane and my like, holy grail, like I thought what I really need as a teacher is to have a list of my students' names and to be able to create a tab in a spreadsheet with each of their names on it. This is what I would like to be able to do in a couple of years. So I was about to get on this plane. I look up Google Apps Script and I'm like, hey, this is really easy. It's insert sheet. I know what that does. So in an hour of knowing nothing, I actually created my first add-on and I blogged it, made a template and got on the plane on time. And I tried to submit it to Google and they rejected it hardcore. Like they gave me back this list of yeah, this is cool, but it, you know, what if it did all these other things that are way harder than you know how to do? And I'm like, yeah, I give up. I'm not, I'm not going to submit this. So I have spent the last nearly 10 years just making, I have hundreds of add-ons that I've created. And basically it's, it's all about problem solving. When you see that I see someone on Twitter sharing a frustration or I have a frustration, something that I want to solve. I spend a lot of hours Google searching and copying and pasting off of the internet. I mean, can we be honest? Coding is not about being a master. It is just about uh, having a high tolerance for pain and spending three hours to realize that URL is capital U, lowercase r, lowercase l, not capital U, capital R, capital L, because no matter how many times you look at it, it looks right, but spelling matters. So get URL, document app.getURL has to be case sensitive. You know, when I forgot mm. my semicolon or it's always just something. In fact, today, and mind you, remember, I am a Google developer expert. So that is actually, it's an award. It's for someone who's not necessarily such the world's biggest badass coder, but um, someone who shares and really creates community around coding. Even though I've been coding a lot, and even though I am recognized by Google for my coding, um, I don't know anything as basic as, as using it constant for my calling my, my variables. 
And so I think really it's important for anybody who's thinking about getting into coding to realize is it's not about knowing everything. And, and you don't have to really know anything. Um, there's so much great documentation out there to that you can copy and paste sample code off the internet. There's a wonderful community of people who will help you, um, not only just through Google search, but you know you can directly ask in, in different forums and, and go to different, um, yeah, different types of forums. And I, I guess that's what they are, is the, the scripting websites, which are, which are forums to help you. And, and you can do this. What you really just need is an idea. And to me, that is the key to being a coder, is you have a problem to solve. You have a game you want to make. Uh, just saying like, oh, I just feel like I'm going to learn Python. I'm going to learn JavaScript. I'm going to learn React.js. Okay, that's cool. But without having a goal, it's basically math class. When am I ever going to use this? Exactly. So I teach math. <laughs> <laughs> So that's actually bringing up a lot of, uh, you know, I've, I've taught some coding at the very basic level to elementary school kids. And one of the things that I taught them at the beginning was, look, I'm not an expert at this. We're going to try stuff. And if you come across something that you want to do, <laughs> Google it. Use the Internet. Use the resources that you have because guaranteed somebody already did it and shared how they did it. And especially if we're, we use uh, Scratch as our platform for the little kids. And because Scratch has been around for so long, uh, there's literally like hundreds, if not millions of how-tos out there for how to do almost anything in Scratch. Exactly. So it was perfect. Exactly. And, and that's, to me, really what being a coder is, is. Uh, being willing to research and look things up and to feel like, okay, I don't know how to do this. Well, good. There's so much. You can't know how to do it. It it comes up in the moment. And it's not like you're flipping through your notebook of where you took notes on what your teacher showed you how to do. Yeah, there's a few key things. I could literally teach you that in 30 minutes. Right? You, you need to have a function. You need to know how to do a loop, how to define a variable. Okay, cool. Now we got that out of the way. Um now it's just going out and like, okay, I need this to happen. And and multiple times over the last nine years uh, that I have been coding is I go to look for something and you think this is going to be so easy. Uh, obviously, 100,000 people have already done this. And then you go out and look for it and you can't find the solution. And so uh, I actually have a couple of things where I think I have the number one, like if you need this. I'm the one who has the, the solution for it. One of it is if you just fill out a Google Calendar, uh, Google Form, and you wanted to go to a Google Calendar. Doesn't that sound easy? That sounds so easy. I was gonna, I was mm. doing a tutorial workshop, and I thought this would be a good lesson. I, I didn't know how to do it, but I was going to learn how to do it and then put it in as, my, as part of my coding workshop because it sounded so easy. And I couldn't find anybody who had this as a solution. And you go into the forums and you just see all of these people asking the question, but nobody responds with an answer. And people are just kind of like flippantly like, did you try this? Did you try this? Which they don't know. They're just throwing random stuff out there. So by collecting evidence and saying, okay, like this person suggested this and, and this other person suggested this and kind of piecing together different things, trying it, didn't work. Mm, you know, I figured it out and I blogged it. Mm -hmm. Most recently, if you will believe this, 
what I told my principal, we were doing a, a what's called adulting day. So it's a an activity day with the students. They we have people from the community coming in. We have teachers and who are doing different topics like how to tie a tie, change a tire, whatever. So what we needed to do is have the kids fill out a Google form and say which of the 50 sessions they wanted. And we're going to have nine times we're going to to do this. So I told the principal on Monday, I'm like, I'll give you a list of who did not fill out the Google form. So we have 411 students. I know this really intimately now because I've coded this entire adulting day thing. Um, I know everything about it. And 411 students were supposed to fill out the form. Only a little over 298 filled it out. So who are the hundred mm, ish who didn't fill it out? I'm like, I'll have that for you on Monday, no problem. I'm, I'm going to cut it off on Friday. Friday's the last day they can fill out this Google form. And on Monday, I'm going to let you know. So I start Google searching this with, uh, well, how do I figure out who didn't fill out the form? Go ahead, look that up right now. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Mm. Like, well, you know, you can use account if with a VLOOKUP. I'm like, okay, well, like, I'm really good with a spreadsheet. Like, I can do that. But it was late at night because I go to bed at 7. So it was like 10. My husband was at a tennis tournament. And I was waiting up for him. And I was tired, and I accidentally sent out the ones instead of the zeros. So I sent the email out to all the students who did take the form, not the ones who didn't. <laughs> okay, that was embarrassing. So then I'm like, really, I should do this with code. I should be able to do it. And I run some code, and I test it. And I'm like, okay, I got it. And I emailed everybody again, and then I just get another email back from a bunch of kids like, I did take it, I did take it, I took it. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, twice now. This is embarrassing. I've emailed the whole school. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, I it, I couldn't sleep. There's a giant hailstorm. And I just got up and I did a bunch of Google searching, found some different clues. And I and I, my most recent add-on that I'm hoping gets approved today is now gonna to do that for you. It's gonna match up who did not take the Google form versus who mm. filled it out. But it didn't exist. And I, mm. you know, it's so rare, but when in those few moments where you do find someone didn't do it, man, does that feel good. You know, you you have the oh, opportunity totally. to find a solution that no one else has. Google search it right now, I'm the number one result on Google. Very cool, Alice. Coding and design class at NIS is especially great because girls are also introduced to an area that has typically been male-dominated. What are your thoughts about having girls in coding and developing? Where does the role of the school and the teacher fit in? I mean, obviously, girls can code. And obviously, anybody is good at math, despite anyone who thinks that they're not. I think a lot of times we try and pigeonhole people that you have to have a certain personality type to be good at something. And we dissuade people away from fill in the blank, whatever it is, because you're not a math person, you're not an English person, you don't have a certain personality. And, and that's obviously false. Um, I started college saying I wanted to graduate as little math as humanly possible. I didn't think I was good at math. Now I, I have a degree in math. I teach math. I do coding. And, and really what it does is it just takes that flipping of the switch to, to be in an environment where you have role models and that you have an opportunity to look at things in a different way. And so when you look at the materials that we give people for coding, who, who are they biased towards? 
Are they really welcoming and inviting as, as the activities about, you know, we're going to code a video game. Okay. Well, is it about shooting people up? Well, statistically that may or may not appeal to, to a target audience of girls. And I don't want to stereotype here as I'm talking about not stereotyping. Um, but you know, providing different types of examples and different entry points and creating welcoming environments for people of a variety of backgrounds to help people to realize, of course you're good at math, of course you're good at coding. So anyone who thinks that they're not good at, I don't care what it is, they've had a bad experience with something that gives them the impression that, that, that that's not for them, which is obviously false. And I think there has been obviously uh, an impression that women aren't as good at coding. So creating environments where we intentionally seek out to prove to people, no, this is for you. Providing role models, providing examples of solutions they can solve. Here's something that I solved. Uh, what are we gonna have for dinner? It, it's it's a, I took all my recipes, I put them in a spreadsheet in different columns, like here's, you know, if you want meat, if you want soup, if you want different types of, um, of dinners and then it just randomly picks five and emails you once a week with here's what you're going to cook for dinner for the week <laughs> all to me it takes is to show somebody that you can you can solve a solution everybody has problems and when you can solve a solution that's the fist pumps right i always tell everybody mm -hmm. don't don't text me pictures of your code good for you you're coding I will be your biggest cheerleader. I'm not I'm not going to debug your code for you. I'm not going to squint on my phone and look for your semicolon. But, you know, when you figure it out, the fist pumps are bigger if you had to earn it. If you had to solve a problem that was challenging, if you just go and find like, oh, here's somebody who shared some code on the Internet about how to tell you what to have for dinner. That's cool. But when you can't find it and you can't figure it out and you have to struggle through, who does that not feel good to? Winning always feels good. I mm. figured this out. Thinking mm. is empowering. And I think a lot of times we teach code and we teach math as if it's like, we already have the solution. Can you match what I did? What fun is that? Mm. No, we're going to solve a problem that's interesting to you and your solution is going to be unique. That's one of the reasons I won't look at like, you know, I'm not going to debug your code because how you code it, it's not how I would code it. And neither of us are wrong. Yeah, you know, I think what you what you were saying about, you know, stereotypical things and all of that, I think one of the things I made sure that I always did when we started coding was was mention like we I would show some videos uh, like the hour of code video and, and it, it ended with a girl saying, look, look what I did. Um, you know, that kind of thing, being proud. And right. I said, and I would always ask the kids, why do I end this video? Why did we end with a girl? And more often than not, even even the younger kids, like third grade, would understand, well, there's just not a lot of girls in coding. And so I said, right. I said, but does that mean you can't? And every single one of them, of course, said, no, of course not. We can't. Because they're still in, you know, elementary school. We haven't like pounded yeah. things out of them yet. But they, they all understood. And I, and I think it's important for kids to understand this early on. Like, look, girls, if you like this, do it. 
if you think if any of this is fun for you, I encourage you to continue this at home on your own because, right. yeah, I'm giving you the the basis, the foundation, but you're going to go way beyond if you like it. So just if you have an interest, go. And if you need help, I'm here. I think what you said was important, like having them want to solve a problem, having them struggle through things uh, is far more important than than copying. And I think that that's that that's that's the deal right there. You know, like getting them. It's meaningful. Like you're you're doing something. You're solving a problem. You're you're contributing to society. You're, you know, having meaning in, in what you're doing. I think, you know, the educator's role, again, it's no longer enough for us. Like we can't be the only providers of of information because there's just way too much out there. And I think it's more for us to be the facilitator of learning to spark that interest and then boom they take over and i think that's the one who's yep. doing the most work is the one who's learning the most totally totally so i saw on facebook the other day someone was complaining that the add-on that crops your google sheet so you've got extra rows and extra columns and just cuts them off and if you've ever had to scroll down to the 999th row in a, in a spreadsheet to delete all of them you'll really realize why that's a time saver and I thought, that's really easy. And I went over and I coded it because I could replace it. I'm not going to make it if it's already in there. So I told them, hey, make sure that this is really not available anymore. And, you know, and I could publish it. But then I thought, this was literally like five lines of code less. I don't know. It was very easy. So I went to school the next day. And this girl, she's coding Google Sheets and in pool, this pool game in Google Sheets. And I said, you're going to publish this. Here's your challenge. You need to have it where you're going to have to code Google Sheets. So good luck figuring that out. And, you know, this is what it needs to do. It needs to cut off the extra rows and columns. And so she gets to work just trying to, like, that's hardly any information at all. She gets to work trying to figure it out. And I say to her, you want a hint? No. No, no, I don't. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, I coded it. I do know the answer. I know how to do it. And it requires some level of algebra uh, to put it on there. And you know what? I'm going to back off. I don't need to tell her. I can facil I can be there to be supportive. I can give her some clues. I can look at what she's doing and be, you know, you don't even have to give her a full sentence. You can kind of grunt. You're like, eh, hmm. And that, that's enough often, right? And it, mm. to me, it's getting students used to, you know what, it is better for me to spend the time to productively struggle. I can look this up. I do have some support. I have a cheerleader. You know, once I've explained what I've been thinking and what I've been trying, we can talk through and I can give her information as I need to, but I don't need to front load it. That's basically how I lead my math class.